1: You're listening to episode 22.
2: Hey, it's a palindrome of the In
1: Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M.
2: And I'm Christina M.
1: Well, today we have a great conversation, actually, part one of a two series mm-hmm. uh, talking about pornography.
2: Yes. So we do want to say right now. Um, To give you a moment, if you have children in the room or you're listening to it in the car or whatnot, um, we are going to talk about porn and we are going to talk about sex. So if this is a conversation that you would rather not have little ears listen to or you haven't had the chance to talk to them about it, this is your chance to pause it (laughs) and maybe put your earphones in or listen to it, uh, you know, at a different time. But please listen to it. Like, this is a phenomenal episode.
1: Yeah. So today, episode 22, we're going to be talking about how to have those, how to have pornography conversations with your children. Mm-hmm. For example, at what age should you talk to your kids about porn? Uh, what, what if they have, what if you do safeguards at home and what if they have access Outside, I mean, what mm-hmm. what is the reason they're turning to porn in the first place? So, Doctor Simon Shea is actually going to be our guest, and we're going to be interviewing him. And he has, man, I was just floored.
2: I was just the way yeah. that he was able to <laughs> explain everything mm-hmm. in such an interesting and easy uh, to understand manner. And I feel like after this episode, y'all are going to feel like you have a lot of tools in the tool belt yeah. to be able to uh, address. Uh, the porn conversation whether it's the first time or maybe you know that your child is looking at porn or maybe you suspect they're looking at porn and you don't know what to do after this episode you're going to feel a lot more ready to tackle it
1: so be sure to go to inbetween.org episode 22 for the show notes to get a link to his book, mm-hmm. to his bio, and everything else, we have the, all the shareable images that feel free to grab and, and share it as well. It does it does definitely help, and on social media, it's at In Between Show. But Christina, why don't you give us a little bit of a intro into Dr. Simon Shea, and we'll get into the conversation.
2: So, Dr. Shea, we actually know him and his wife personally. We went to the same church in Edmonton, Alberta, um, and so they're a phenomenal couple. Yes, uh, but he himself is a registered psychologist. He's a an author. He wrote his own book and he's a popular conference seminar and retreat speaker. Uh, he specializes in treatment of sexual and pornography addiction, anger management, pain management, recovery from extramarital affairs, relationship and marital therapy, and Christian counseling.
1: Yeah. This guy walks the walk. He, I mean, he's, I don't even know if that's the right phrase.
2: He walks the walk and he talks walks, the talk. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy is legit. We've even had Hattie B's hot chicken, hot chicken Yes, Nashville that's right. We
2: were able together. to uh, introduce <laughs> him and his wife into, you know, the ways of the Nashvillians. And they were our first Canadian visitors. Yeah, that's right. To uh, Nashville. <laughs> so they hold a very special place uh, in our hearts. And uh, I hope you enjoy the episode.
0: Awesome.
1: Well, thanks, Simon, for being on with us today. No problem. We're so excited we're to...
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Our
2: first, no, our second Canadian interviewer. But I have to say when we were thinking, and actually other listeners have asked us to cover these topics, and we were thinking, who can we ask? And our minds definitely went to Dr. Simon Shea. I remember, I think you were the first person who ever said the word breasts in church. <laughs> <laughs> you were preaching yes, I remember at that ULA, And I remember you said, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it, and if I don't get asked back." <laughs> <laughs> you know why <laughs> so I was like well if you know if he can say breasts in church and not like blink an eye then I know he's the right person to talk to about uh, this subject
3: <laughs> yes yes, yes. Yeah. so
1: so what we want to do is actually we're going to be doing a two-part series mm-hmm. uh, the first part is is questions around pornography more directed to children yes and then the second part is we're then going to be talking about um questions about pornography surrounding adults
2: right so and there'll be two different episodes because there's a lot of good content that we want to be uh sharing
1: with you yeah so let's get into the first question simon here we go at what age should i talk to my children about porn and what should i
3: say
0: well if a child has uh, internet access uh, they have accessibility to porn Mm -hmm. now previous statistics show average boys in California, they first see porn at age 11, wow. and wow. average California girls first see porn at age
3: 12, oh,
0: okay. and 41% of California boys and girls thought that runs in with online porn were no big deal.
3: Hmm.
0: Now, these are previous statistic, quite a few years ago already. So in today's social media world, I believe parents should talk to their kids about porn as early as possible. Uh, so are
2: you saying, like, so we've had the sex talk with our, with our two older children, um, so are you saying that maybe we should have the porn talk, like, quite quickly afterwards that we've had the sex talk with our kids?
0: Well, yes, yeah, because, like, this organization in the state called Protect Young Minds, and they okay. publish two books uh, for parents to talk with the, young, with the kids about porn, and I think these are good resources. Uh, the first book called Good Picture, Bad Picture Junior. Okay. A simple plan to protect young mice. That book is for kids age three to six. Three. Oh, wow. wow.
2: Oh, that's Macarius's and, age. Man, I can't even
0: imagine. <laughs> and the second book is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Porn Proving Today's Young Kids is for kids age seven to 11. Okay. Now, in my practice as a counseling psychologist up in Canada, uh, majority of men come to see me for porn addiction treatment. Mm-hmm. They will share with me, yes, they, they first started looking at porn around age 10, age 11. Okay. But I think I also seen statistics nowadays, the age has been going down to like age 8 and 9 because um, of the accessibility to social media nowadays. So I believe that parents should talk to the kids about porn uh, as early as possible. Okay. And this book, uh, like age 3 to 6, age 7 to 11, mm-hmm. I mean that, yeah, um, yeah, so, but they, they designed these two books according to the, um, to the age, so, so I right. think the illustration is uh, age appropriate, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. so, I mean, what, what does that look like? I mean, how, how would you advise a parent to just go about that conversation? I mean, obviously, they can, they can take a look at the books, but if they were going to be sitting down at the table with their nine or 10 year old mm-hmm. child, how, how would you coach or, or advise them to, to approach the conversation?
0: I think, I think uh, just like a uh, parent told me, or um, like uh, anything happened in school today? No, nothing. <laughs> so so if, if you try to treat like formal, the yeah. kid might not tell you anything, right? Yeah, okay. Right. So I think treat it very natural, maybe when you are going for a bike ride or oh, okay. or um, or actually just um a conversation at the supper table. Mm-hmm. Right? And then yeah. you can ask the question like, um, have you ever seen anything on the internet that make you feel uncomfortable? Um... Oh I love that question. Also... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or you can even Uh, tell uh, us like um, uh, tell them that if you come across the internet site that feel inappropriate yeah, you can tell me, and I won't get mad. And then just you just take it from there. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's um, good. I would say just treat it as natural instead of okay. We need a formal meeting today. A family <laughs> meeting. <laughs> we talk about yeah. porn. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, from so my true. experience, they will not tell you anything
2: completely because they already feel. I think that yeah. they're in trouble if we have yeah, to have when like you, you Have these formal talks usually because you did something quote unquote bad.
0: Yeah, when when you uh, when you caught them off guard then they might they might they might disclose something right yeah right Yeah.
2: yeah and I love um Simon how you were saying to basically say like you're not gonna get in trouble so because I think personally If I found out that my child was looking at porn, I think naturally because I understand the consequences and the you know, and we'll get into it more the ways that it can be so addictive, it can change your brain. That I, my natural instinct, I think would want to be to freak out, be like, "No, where are you going?" So, and obviously, that's not helpful, as you're saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so kid might not feel safe to tell you more, right? They they see you so mad right? Um, so um, so I think in porn that, okay, it's safe for you to tell me and, and then uh, I won't get mad, but we go from there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's more like an education thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um,
2: that's great. So, and now how do you think that as parents, we should explain the serious consequences of porn without making it like a, just, just don't do this because it's bad for you.
0: Well, um, but depending on the age. Okay. Um, a lot of us actually don't realize that um, porn is a medication. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. porn experience is a drug experience because porn actually is a highly addictive pain relief drug.
2: Oh, really?
0: I never yeah. thought about it like mm-hmm. that. It is it's a drug. So um so actually um I think um, if a parent uh, want to operate a drug-free home, mm-hmm. you have to add porn on the list. Wow. I oh, think wow. every parent will talk talk to the kids about drug, right? We don't want oh, yes. any drug in this home. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to associate with any kids that do drug, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that that's common education for parents, right? And yes. some parents say, well, this is a, this is a smoke-free home. Yeah. We don't yes. smoke, right? So. But a lot of parents don't realize, actually, porn is a drug. It's, wow. a, it's a different drug of choice. So I think that, actually, it's, it could be more natural when a parent talks about drug or, or educate about drug hmm. with the kids, you have to add the porn as a drug, as a medication. Yeah, because why? Uh, because porn, cocaine, and alcohol target the same area of the middle brain.
3: Are you
2: serious? Oh, I didn't know oh, wow. that. It's
0: crazy. Yes. Now, the middle brain is the mm-hmm. area that triggers the release of good chemicals. Okay. Like endorphin. Mm-hmm. Endorphin is, to, design, is it to decrease our stress and anxiety. Okay. And also, middle brain is the area that also releases the dopamine. And dopamine oh, is another great. feel-good chemical. Mm-hmm. But dopamine have a big function to increase the craving for the same rewarding experience.
3: Oh,
2: so that's what you mean by a drug? Is that you just you can't have enough? You always want more.
0: The addiction actually comes from the dopamine.
3: Okay, because it will
0: increase your craving for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who believe in God, for people who believe God create us. God doesn't create our brain with the dopamine Mm -hmm. for us to be addicted.
3: Right. Yes.
0: Because for husband and wife Mm -hmm. who have sexual intimacy on the marriage bed, each of the brain will release dopamine and endorphin.
2: Mm, Okay.
0: Now, that's a good thing.
2: Yes. Yes. That's a very good good thing. thing.
0: (laughs) Right? Right. And yes. then the dopamine increased the craving for the same experience. Let's do it again next week. That is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's within the boundary of the marriage bed. Completely. But our brain doesn't ask us where are you today?
2: Right. Yeah, it's not asking if you're by yourself or you're with your spouse or you know you're exactly. behind the computer. So yeah.
0: When the brain is sexually aroused, it will release the dopamine and the endorphin mm-hmm. but if the dopamine is released in front of the computer in yes. front of the smartphone and have that rewarding experience the kind of high mm-hmm. then the dopamine will crave for the same experience
2: oh uh, so and then they'll want it that's why they want to go back to so the
0: that's smart why the whole
3: that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, porn experience is a drug experience so that the brain make you your body make you crave for the same experience to do it again to look for it again
2: right yeah
0: so therefore it is a drug experience so i think um for a lot of my client they don't realize that actually they are a drug addict mm-hmm. it, it it's just to be the drug of choice is pornography
3: yes
2: I love how you brought that up, Simon, because I think that's really important for uh, parents to know themselves as you were, as you were saying that Daniel and I were kind of like, what are you serious? And we're full grown adults. And so I think that brings up the educating our children about porn, even to a deeper level that like you were saying, it is another drug of choice. And so we don't want to say like, you know, cocaine is not allowed in this house. That's, that's down straight yeah no but then also we want to protect you we want the best for you we want as your parents to you have a successful uh marriage and relationship um with your spouse and even relationships with other people so yeah we're gonna we're gonna say no to porn as well
0: yeah i i think maybe most kids know about uh, drugs are not good because oh, yes. they probably are, are, are school, caught in school. Or, yes, yeah, they have yeah, cartoons they that. about
2: that too. Yeah, and,
0: but but yeah. then I think that for parents, you know what? Um, yes, we, we, we don't want any drug in this home. Mm-hmm. But I want you to let you know there's another drug that actually you'll be very careful about. Mm-hmm. And that drug is called pornography.
3: Okay,
2: mm. wonderful. I love that. Thank you, Simon.
1: Yeah, now when when you have that conversation with them, how do you... How do you do it in a way that then doesn't kind of cause them to actually want to see it? Like kind of that curiosity. It's like, oh, now I can't do it. You're telling me I shouldn't do it. So I (laughs) kind of want to know what it is and do it. How do you prevent that? Or how do you kind of go deal with that?
0: Yeah, so I think that um, I think that's why you have to set up some protection in your home, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's that's the question: How do we safeguard our home? That this is a safe home. This is a, a, a kind of a healthy home. So I think that uh, nowadays a lot of child, a lot of children, even today, I, I'm driving home uh, at the stoplight at. the and I saw two young kids, they, they're maybe just 10 years old, mm-hmm. uh, two girls, uh, one of them holding a cell phone already, holding a smartphone. So not uncommon today, Kid maybe as, as young as eight or nine years old, they have a cell phone, right? Right, and that usually means access then
2: it, to the internet. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. we are not just talking about pornography. Um, How about Snapchat? Uh, all, yes. all these are other other apps, right? Talking to kids right. and all the, uh, Snapchat, right? So I think that, for example, pornography, if your child has a cell phone, uh, I will not recommend that you let them have the phone in their own room at night. You have to set up some policy like because yeah. parental control, every parent have the right to control what, what the environment, the home, right? Yeah, as right. long as you live in this home, um, well, according to your age, there's certain control, mm-hmm. right? Just like curfew and that type of thing, right? Yes. So you know, when you leave the home, that you're 18 and leave the home, then, then we have no control, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in a home that is, uh, especially the kids are younger, you, you you have control, you have power to control because you are the operational manager of the home. Operational because manager, that, yes. Yes, both <laughs> I mom put that title beside opera- my name. <laughs> operational manager so 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 you you set the value, you set the mission, you set the vision of the right. home. it's just like a company yeah. so so in this home it is is we 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 are drug free, including the um, the drug called pornography, mm-hmm. so that we have to protect ourselves, not just the kid, it's us as mom and dad, completely,
2: mhm-,
3: mhm-.
0: Yeah, it's mom and dad. So uh, yeah, I would not uh, recommend uh, for especially young kids, to 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 have the or a smartphone in the own room at night, mm-hmm. and keep the computer, keep the tablets um, uh, on a public area like a family room or kitchen table, so people can walk by people can walk by mm-hmm. so there's no place to to kind of secretly do anything
3: mm-hmm. and
0: and have internet filters on your computer on your tablets on your smartphone and 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 you can also have all the kids password too so okay. um, I have spoken in many uh, seminar right now whether in organization or in churches and so I learned from the parents uh, who are very proactive and mm-hmm. and and they, they they actually uh the last seminar I spoke at uh as, as a church uh they they even uh uh I recommend to all the parents uh, about this uh, internet filter called the covenant eyes. So so covenant eyes. So so covenant eyes have a family protection plan. Okay. Uh, you can get a report of the website that your kid visit, uh, the okay. search term they use and
2: the YouTube video they watch. YouTube, yes, exactly. Cause I've heard a lot of kids stumble upon, you know, the YouTube hole. Like I'm gonna search for um, horses. And then all of a sudden you're seeing all these images that this has nothing to do with the
3: horse.
1: (laughs) The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold.
0: And you can tailor the filter to the needs of your kids and block the internet completely at certain times a day. Oh,
3: um, I love
0: now, that. in that seminar, the, the, the parents also talk about another filter okay. called um, Circle with Disney.
3: Yes, I yeah. think Circle I've heard that with one.
0: Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, parental control and filter for your family wireless devices. And I heard some good review by the parents in that seminar about the Circle with Disney. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yes, I love that you shared those two resources. We will include those in our show notes, just so parents can look at that. Um. So, Simon, so, mean, you're talking about sort of the protection we can do in our own homes, but I know uh that when our kids go into other families' homes, or you know, I've even heard sometimes they're allowed uh cell phones on the bus, so they're going to encounter their friends with cell phones who may not have those certain restrictions or whatnot. Like, how? what can we do to help protect our children or um, even ask them, like, uh, are you watching porn with your friend or has your friend shown you porn on their cell phone? Like, how do you have that conversation without it, you know, sounding so awkward, I guess?
0: Well, I think again, you can still ask the same question. Have you uh, at your friend's place uh, when you are looking at internet? Have you seen anything on the internet that make you feel uncomfortable? That mm-hmm. make you feel uneasy? That that uh, that you know the kind of mm, this is something not right, and okay. and, and, and let me know and, and take it from there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's true that we cannot protect our kids hundred percent.
2: It's true. I hate that.
0: I know. (laughs) I hate that
2: reality, but it's the truth, right? It's and it's also allowing them to grow up and to make hopefully some some wise choices to look at.
1: Yeah, Simon, I really appreciated how you shared this term operating manager and it's, it's, it's on the parents responsibility to say, okay, what kind of filters can we have? Well, how can we create this safe home? How can we develop the values where the kids understand Mm -hmm. that yes, pornography is a drug. But I think beyond that too, it's being able to help your children understand the broader, understand that it's not just to do this because I said it
3: completely,
1: but that, that it's, that it's bigger than that and actually cultivating in them, the discernment to be able and the ability Mm -hmm. to let's say they are on the bus and they do have or they are at their friend's house and yes they do have filters on their phone but their friends don't and then for the children to actually say hey you know what i don't i don't want to look at this or i don't want to be a part of this and for for you to be able to help create that in them do you have any advice on how you kind of create that ability to discern that ability for for children to to exercise self control in mm-hmm. in those situations that might be kind of full of peer pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, that go into um, actually a big part of my mission as a counselor, a psychologist, is to help my client identify um, um, about shame and respect. Mm-hmm which I will talk about more in this podcast, especially when we talk about the adult uh, question. Um, A lot of the uh, men that I see who struggle with porn, Mm -hmm. they all come from what I call a shame-based upbringing. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt tells you you make a mistake shame tells you you are the mistake
2: mm. oh, that's a huge difference
0: yeah mm-hmm. so guilt tells you you have a problem mm-hmm. and shame tells you you are the problem
3: mm-hmm.
0: so when i address this guilt and shame with my client also address um shame receiver behavior okay. and shame giving behavior yeah So a lot of parents, we don't realize, actually, we um, display shame-giving behavior. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And shame-giving behavior is kind of make the kid feel that there's something wrong with you. Mm. Don't ever bring it up again.
3: Ah, okay.
0: Don't bring it up. Don't talk about this. I don't want to see this again from you. And I have have men or even women share with me. That's how the father operate or the mom operate. Mm-hmm. So make them scared even to to share wow. things that is discomfortable, things that is painful, mm-hmm. things that is kind of afraid to talk about because they scare of the reaction from the father or from the mother. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah. They know already that it's not going to be like a lo- maybe a loving or tender reaction from their parents.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so, so the opposite of shame is respect.
3: Mm-hmm. The
0: respect that, hey, these are problems. These have nothing to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? But right. shame is always about the person,
3: mm-hmm. about
0: the person. So um, my experience is every boy, including myself, mm-hmm in the past, have looked at pornography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not every boy grew up or every young man grew up to continue to look at pornography. Okay. A lot of them able to say, did it, done it, I like get better thing to do. <laughs> but the one yeah. who come to see me, mm-hmm. that they cannot say that. Did it, done it, I get better thing to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's because somehow the pornography become a medication for them to relieve okay. the pain associated with shame. Wow. That I am right. not good enough. Oh wow. That I'm yeah. inadequate. Yeah. Okay. So so these happen a lot in my counseling office mm-hmm. um, to, to help my client to understand that the pornography it's just a symptom,
3: yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. A symptom to a deeper, a deeper issue that's happening, yes. right?
0: Yes, yeah. and hundred percent, I can help the man to trace it back to shame. Yeah.
3: wow uh, well. Man.
0: Because, because, just like people who are experienced with alcohol or, mm-hmm. or a former alcoholic, they can tell you there's such thing called dry alcoholic. Dry alcoholic is. That man, that, that woman has not drank for, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But they're still not happy camper. Right. Yeah. Because they're not they feeling that. Not, mm-hmm. They have not dealt with the root problem. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They dealt with the symptom. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't drink anymore. But they have not dealt with the root problem of the shame. Mm-hmm. Of the shame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Simon, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is a lot of what we're going to be. Talking about um, in our next episode that we do with you, because we're going to be talking about, you know, why is porn so alluring and addictive? Mm -hmm. And what if a spouse in a a married relationship is struggling with porn? So, so we're going to be uh, walking through that more in depth in the next episode. But I appreciate you bringing that up because going back to the question, it's not really a matter of, hey, son, or hey, daughter, do this or don't do this. But Mm -hmm. I, I love how you brought up the shame and guilt because it really is a broader framework of how you parent compelling. how you how and not not just even how you discipline but how you parent in, in a respectful way so i mean that's oh yeah i mean my my brain is kind of i know i've many times <laughs> shamed my children yes, in by disciplining accident. them yes yeah. exactly
2: not meaning to no yeah so at all and not being um that but um sort of maybe focusing more on behavior modification rather than looking like what is the deeper issue there why are they acting out or you know why are they feeling this way and it's causing them to do this so i love how uh you obviously focused in on the problem but then took like a a wider scope to look at it
0: yeah because shame becomes a shame attack the shame attack is what's wrong with you um uh, we don't do this in our home right okay or or, or for people like um uh, from a church background okay Mm -hmm. this is a christian home we don't do this what's Mm -hmm. wrong with you that's that's a shame attack right right the the respect is to respect that hey this is something we all have to face have to tackle Mm -hmm. uh have to be careful about uh because porn is a medication it's a drug Yeah. It's a drug. So the whole family has to work as a team uh, to protect the safeguard this family so that we can be a healthy family. And we have to understand better what does this drug do? What is the function of this drug? Wow. Yeah.
1: Man, I love that.
3: I know. It's a,
2: a family thing.
3: Yeah. I've never
2: really thought about it as a family thing. I thought of it as like a parent thing, kind of like you were saying not to do like, okay, this is an issue. Don't go there and like trying to build those parameters that way. But looking at it as, hey, we're going to help. We're going to help each other in this. We're going to help our our home be healthy and safe for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I think that's powerful, Simon.
0: No, but that's also more threatening it's mm-hmm. powerful but also threatening because then okay. then 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 it would um, go to conversation for a wife to ask the husband, okay now the family <laughs> thing.
3: Yes. Have
0: you ever looked at porn yourself?
3: Uh mm-hmm.
0: huh. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, so then 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 for the father and the husband then have to also to to kind of um um address yeah things that might be very uncomfortable to address
2: completely right right. and i'm so glad simon that you're going to be able to talk to us uh in the next episode (laughs) about sort of how to address those adult conversations between you know spouses because i think as adults it's really easy to point out you know the issues or or problems or things that we want to protect our children from um, but then not being able to look in the mirror and be like, actually, I have issues, but I- let's not talk about that. Let's talk about you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean that issue you, you share with your kid, but I think right. that has to be uh, honest with each other as adults. And because like we are operational manager, we are, we are leaders of this home, mm-hmm. and, and we have a set example, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. And I love, um, Simon, how you were talking about like, uh, don't shame the child. But I think even, uh, and I've talked to other friends who they found out that their own children are watching porn in their own home. And they feel so guilty because, hey, I didn't, maybe I didn't have those parameters. Or maybe I wasn't strict enough. Or I, I didn't, I felt too uncomfortable to talk to my kids about this new drug or porn. And I feel so guilty. So how can you address the mom or dad or parents that just feel guilty themselves that they didn't Protect their children from this.
0: I think, um, for example, like um, for, for the mom, especially mom or dad, that um, more aware that this might not be about guilt. This might be a shame attack because mm-hmm. shame attack would tell you, see, you are not a good mom. Uh, you fail your children. Uh, you are you are, you are a failure, and, and and those are more kind of shaming the mom as a person, and and that's a, that's how shame attacks the person. Um, so the shame attack triggered a lot of pain, and we try to make the pain of shame more bearable by, uh, as Brittany Brown say, that the three P's: uh, pleasing, performing, mm-hmm. perfecting; pleasing, performing, perfecting; pleasing, perform, perfecting. Mm-hmm. So, so these these are the shame receiving behavior. As I always remind people, the opposite of shame is respect. Mm-hmm. For the mom, to respect your value as a mother.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's way, 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 way bigger than the struggle you have as a mom. Right. You were there when your boy was born.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You were there when you nursed him at night.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You were there when you took, her, took him to the hospital to, to see the doctor when he was sick. Mm-hmm. You were there in her first birthday. You were there in the first day of kindergarten. You were there when you dedicate him to God in church. You were there at all the soccer games.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Your value as a mother, as a parent, is way, 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 way bigger mm-hmm. than, the, than the struggle as a parent right now. So I, I, I'm coaching people to name the shame attack. These are called shame attacks. Shame
3: attacks, okay.
0: So name it mm-hmm. and face it. Because I tell people, you have to treat shame like a person. Mm-hmm. Like Miss Shame doesn't mind you to call her a different name. Mm-hmm. Like, I am insecure. I'm not a good parent. Um, I, I fail my kid. But what she doesn't like you to call her mm-hmm. is her real name, shame.
3: Mm-hmm. Once you yeah, call her the powerful. real name, right.
0: the power of that name, will begin to diminish. Wow.
2: Right. That is so, so powerful, Simon. And I think the right same now... Things, like, yeah. The
0: same thing once you call this evil. Hmm. The power of evil begins to diminish. Completely. I tell people a bad name is better than no name.
2: A bad name is better than no name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah you've imagine so a doc- to to
0: Imagine that. a doctor... Cannot name your problem.
2: Oh, you'd go to it. Sorry, your-
0: <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. We have no name for your pain. Oh, yeah. Right, like, what are you We've talking done about? all the blood tests, we've done all the MRI, oh. CAT scan. Right. Uh, we have no name for your problem. Mm-hmm. You will freak out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if the doctor named your problem, ma'am, you have cancer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What kind of cancer? You have breast cancer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a bad name.
3: Yeah.
0: And now you can ask the doctor, what shall I do? Yes, what
2: can I do? Completely. Now
0: you can face it. So Mm -hmm. I'm coaching people name it, face it. So Mm -hmm. when you feel guilty, actually, you feel more shame that Mm -hmm. I am a bad mother. Uh, I I cannot protect my children. Now he's looking at porn or she's looking at porn. Mm -hmm. That is a shame attack. Yeah. -hmm. So you have to name it and face it by paying attention noticing that i was there when he was born
2: yes recount all the was, times you were there i was mm-hmm. there when i
0: nursed him at night yes i was there i was there the first birthday my value is much bigger
3: mm-hmm.
0: than the porn problem that we are facing so let us as operational manager let's face it together yes let's mm-hmm. learn more about this and and let let us to to save our home and protect our home
2: yeah. I love that. I feel like we could do a standing ovation right now, yeah, feel, <laughs> like yeah. all the moms unite. We're gonna name it. <laughs> yeah. And
1: Simon, I feel like that's such a good place to hit pause on our conversation because we mm-hmm. are gonna have a, another one in a in a future episode. But uh, for all of our listeners, Simon, what, what's the best way they can uh, read more uh, about what you've written, learn more, connect with you, um, and kind of continue this conversation?
0: Now, um, there is a, uh, a website out there called Fight the New Drug. Okay. And I think there's a very educational website, especially to learn more about porn as a, as a medication, as mm-hmm. a drug. Okay. So that's called Fight the New Drug. And then um, uh, there's a documentary called Over 18. Over 18 um, it's a very okay. good resource, to uh, again, to learn porn as a drug. And it's true story of a 12-year-old boy addicted to porn. And I've seen uh, churches and schools and colleges uh, now in, in, in Edmonton mm-hmm. uh, showing this documentary. Oh, in schools it's too? It's a very okay. good resource, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, very realistic, and uh, they, they pull no punches. They tell you what it is. Okay. Yeah, what it is. So, um, um, so uh, these are t- two good resources. And then, um, yeah, uh, and, uh, uh, my book, uh, Pure at Heart, a man's guide to a purity in a sexualized world, mm-hmm. and uh, so that is another resource that um, uh, that people can can uh, get hold of. And uh, uh, my book is available on Amazon.ca, Amazon.com, and also uh, I think online as an ebook too. Yes. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay.
1: Great. Well, thank you, Simon. Wow.
2: I know, right? I feel like I—I mean, I was in the interview, but I feel like I need to listen to uh, this episode over and over again through the different stages Mm -hmm. of our kids. I mean, three years old? Are you kidding me? I'm going to have to look up that book. We have the the book for uh, seven to eleven year olds. He was saying, but the three to six, we need to look at that book. Yeah, I'm fascinated to to know
1: what that conversation will look like with Macario's. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I want to think about. Yeah.
2: To know
1: <laughs> yeah and as simon he introduced and he kind of talked about gave a little foreshadow for what's coming up next mm-hmm. in episode 23 he talks about the adult side of it yes and he went into a little bit of this, the the guilt and the shame thing, but mm-hmm. he totally, totally teases that out more, talks about why it's so alluring and addictive. Mm-hmm. And and he kind of brings this into his counseling office and talks about, hey, what, what happened? What were ways that people were be, were able to get free from pornography? And what role does a spouse have yes. in that? And what if they don't want to get better? And And I mean, there's just, he goes layer upon layer upon layer deeper and deeper so you'll have to listen to that one
2: yes and i know sometimes you know when you're facing your own stuff in the face it's a little bit scary you're like what are they gonna say to me like what is dr simon shay gonna say to something yeah. that i know i'm facing or struggling with myself or my spouse is struggling with i just want to encourage we want to encourage y'all to listen to it because it is filled with hope yeah So of what to do and where to go and how to have those tough conversations. Like we always talk about, we need to have those tough conversations. Mm -hmm. And so he's giving you tools to be able to to start those conversations or continue them.
3: Yeah.
1: So if you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do that. It's free and then guaranteed you get the next episode (laughs) and it's not even a choice as to whether or not you're going to listen to it. It just comes right right there for you. (laughs) Yeah. So be sure to do that. It does help a ton. And if you haven't yet left a rating and review for Mm -hmm. us on Apple podcasts or iTunes, if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute, it doesn't even take a minute really, but to open up your app and just tell us what you thought about this episode Mm -hmm. because that kind of feedback helps a ton. It helps us get better. Because we just want to be a part of, of, of your, yours all lives mm-hmm. in, in journeying together with you, I, albeit from a distance. Mm-hmm. But just be able to bring you great interviews. And, and even in the review, it's like, hey, what if, he, what if you bring him back on and have him talk about this? Yes, this we'd love to time. have yeah, another, this guest to come on to talk about that. Feel free to put that right into the review because we read every single one of them. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time.